Don't ask for greatness and not receive the problems that come with it. Okay, you can't stand on the pedestal that everybody looks up to and not expect people to throw stuff at you. ESPNW presents Be Honest with Carrie Champion. Hey, everybody. Welcome to another edition of Be Honest. This edition is a fun edition. We had an opportunity to catch up with one of my favorite comedians, Kevin Hart. I'll tell you a story about him behind the scenes. Um, When I first started to work on First Take, he would come on every so often, make fun of Skip and Stephen A. Always very nice. But behind the scenes, he just had a way about himself. He would talk to you with his eyes. He would say things and you felt his spirit. He's truly authentic. And growing up in Los Angeles, I used to see him around when he was on the come up you know, doing the comedy club, doing these small bit places. And he always had it, that hunger, that drive. Never thought that his career would be where it is at this moment. I'm sure he did. But it's interesting to see how people are when you first meet them and and when they become known celebrities. I would say he hasn't changed. I would say his work ethic has improved as it should, because the more you attain, the more fame you get, the more you can see that you can reap these rewards. You want to sustain that. It's not so much about getting there. It's about sustaining it. And one time when I was on first take, it's such a funny story. I was behind the scenes and I was working on my scripts and my producers were not helping me out because we need them. They're key. And I was very like, hey, guys, help me do this. Help me do that. I had a lot of different instruction. And he was like, stop fussing. It was really funny. And it wasn't so much that I was fussing that I was just being a boss. And he was like, hey, chill. I was like, I appreciate you telling me that. Enjoy your job. Have some fun. It's okay if they mess up. You can look crazy. It'll be fun. Anyway, he always has a light way about himself. And so I asked him about his success. I asked him the keys to success, why he works so hard. How does he stay so authentic to himself? And then, of course, I had to ask him about the NBA finals. He recently made a couple of comments about Iman Shumpert and his hairdo. I know you guys all know about that hairdo. He just said in general, kids in the NBA just refuse to comb their hair. They don't do it anymore. They got together and was like, nah, dog, I'm not doing this. I'm done. It's pretty funny. So sit back, enjoy, relax. And this is one of these episodes where you're literally going to LOL. You're going to just laugh out loud. We also had an opportunity to talk with one of the kids that Kevin Hart was talking about. He said Brandon Ingram didn't comb his hair. You guys know the Duke freshman who is projected to be the number two overall pick in the NBA draft, which is just days away. We talk with him. And much like these these kids coming out of school, they've been coached not to talk. Like they're very reserved, very quiet. And I'm like, dang, give me something. It's called be honest. Ain't nobody listening. But they are. So I pressed and I pressed. Now, of course, he's into fashion like they all are, which is why the tunnel has turned into a runway. The tunnel walk is the runway walk now, right? Thanks to Russell Westbrook and company. Uh, he talked about if he came to L.A., what kind of car he'd get, what he'd do. I mean, mind you, I'm giving you the, the cliff notes. He was very humble. But it's interesting to hear his perspective. But the best part of that interview, which you'll hear, is what happened when Coach K came to his house to recruit him. What did Coach K, the Coach K, say and do? That's what I want to know. When you a boss like Coach K, do you come in and ask for help or you come and say, just sign a paper right here? Do you ask for some cornbread? Do you ask for, you know, a sandwich? What, what do you do when you're trying to recruit one of the best in the nation? You'll find out on this edition of Be Honest. 
Welcome to Be Honest, it's Kevin Hart. He doesn't really need an introduction. In terms of acting, because you're such a masterful comedian, mm -hmm. in terms of acting, have you achieved that level of where you feel, I've made it, I know what I'm doing, or you're still arriving or still becoming the actor you want to be? Well, you know, I'm comfortable within the realm of comedy. You know, I'm doing a lot of comedies now, and the, the comedy roles are picking up. You know, they, they've now transformed into those action comedy films to where the action is growing. So as your comfort level grows, your, your security grows. You know, your confidence grows. So right now, it's like I'm blessed to be doing what I want to be doing, but I'm in no way, shape, form finished or done or feel like I'm at the highest level. Like now is when you start to slowly walk into the other direction of, of just action. And then just drama, you know, you could play around now. Your first film that you've ever done on the big screen. On the big screen, Paper Soldiers. Okay, so when you did that's a, a movie. <laughs> um, people may not be aware. There you tell them about uh, it. Quote unquote, uh -huh. it was a hood classic. Uh -huh. Is what we call these things. Uh, heavily bootlegged film. Uh, yeah, so just felt that I should give you these as I said it. <laughs> so from 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 that first film mm -hmm. to now, tell me about how you prepare for a role. Were you nervous then, and now you're Mr. Relax, and it's chill, and it's no big deal, and you own the room when you walk in, or were you- I own any room I walk in. Uh -huh. I own this room. Right now. Give it to me. When okay. I walked in, I said, give it to me. It's his. Checkmate, it's uh -huh. mine, uh -huh. okay? Uh -huh. um, no, honestly, it goes without saying, guys, I'm a hard worker. I put 110% into my craft. So at this point stage in my career, you know, it, it's about a character breakdown. You know, people say, Kevin, why are you doing the same things? You do the same movies. You have to understand these are characters with a different story, you know, um, and think like a man. I played the guy who was desperate to basically, um, you know, justify his existence to his friends. Like, guys, I'm valuable. I'm here for a reason. Use me. I'm capable of doing stuff. And he wanted to prove that it was about this guy proving to other people that he was more than capable of holding the best man, uh, I guess you could say, plaque. Mm -hmm. I'm the best man. Mm -hmm. And then I came back and did a thing like a man, too. So that character had to evolve. After that, I played the guy in about last night who was, who was in an abusive relationship, but he was just as verbally abusive as she was. And it was showing how crazy a relationship can be, but eventually you can still find love within the craziness. But that character's plot had to be clear. And going into anything, ride along, my character has to be clear. So the breakdown and peaks and valleys of what this guy goes through are what I put the most time and energy into. If my character isn't grounded enough, then you're never going to believe it. Mm -hmm. It's easy to laugh, mm -hmm. but if you laugh and identify, it's a completely different level of laughter. And in Central Intelligence, I was able to give a, a real, real, real perspective uh, on the character Calvin Joyner, man. And I think that's why the movie has gotten the response that it's gotten. And I think that's what also helped Dwayne, uh, you know, piggyback and, and easily be the comedic talent in the film because my guy was real enough to justify why he acted the way he acted. So it was a great chemistry. It was great teammate, uh, a great team effort. Yeah. Uh, so I'm lucky to have him because he raised my performance in this film. Yeah, I want to hang on the word uh, real because there is this authenticity about you that mm -hmm. people can't deny. And if you are a, a fan of his hood classics yes. to now. She's talking about oh. paper soldiers and soul plane.
Okay, Soul Plane, check yeah. it out. Yeah. It's on DVD now, it's, maybe? Uh, could be. It was on DVD before it came out. Okay. Uh, true <laughs> we see. <laughs> true story. I saw it at the hair salon. <laughs> okay, so having said that, I, I still think that you have an incredible way of maintaining your authenticity. How mm -hmm. do you do that? Um, you know, I, I have an amazing fan base. You know, I think right now, through social media, I'm probably... 110 to 115 million people deep where at the click of a button you can reach me you have a, a job you know that job is basically to be real i want you guys to see behind the curtain i want you guys to see who i am for real this is not a gimmick mm -hmm. i'm not a character i am who i say i am i love love i love displaying love i love being an example of positivity i love making the world laugh I love motivating people. Mm -hmm. I love being able to walk and say, you know what? I serve a valuable purpose on this earth. Those are things that motivate me. Those are things that keep me going. And the fact that I got two kids now that look at their dad and say, wow, dad, we get it. We love to see you do what you do. We support you. That means that not only am I doing something right for the, for the people, mm -hmm. I'm doing something right inside my house. I'm a great example. I'm a great father. I mean, these are things that you can't fake. If you are, you are. If you're not, you're not. You can't, you can't falsify these things. And I think the reason why my fan base has grown with me because the level of engagement that is quote unquote real is believed. Mm -hmm. It's not, it's not something that they, that they question. And of course, you know, you got your haters every now and then, but you got to fuel those people with more success. That's the best way to do that. Right. Yeah. You, 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 you blown away a little bit right now. What? Somebody get a fan what? and put her out because I just yes. set her on fire. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. I, I'm motivated. I'm inspired uh, because as you're talking, look, I also, I think that, uh, I, you know, it goes without saying that I'm a fan, but I, I And a friend. And a friend. You yes. and I have, have been friends for some time. Yes. It's my first take days. Yes. And I remember you telling me one time, this is a true story, um, just before commercial break, I was trying to get everything right because I'm very intense, just mm -hmm. like you. And you're like, stop fussing. You're fussing at everybody. I was like, oh, okay. I was like, maybe I am. It was like real, that's a real humble check. And I was like, I appreciate that. Even though it might have been just funny or light, but I appreciate that. Relax. Get into yeah, it. Be intense, but you ain't got to be. Be fun. Understand why right. you're here, but never let the, never let the job become a job. Right. You know, I think we're very fortunate to love what we do. Um, I take my hat off to other people who have been lucky enough to find a job that put them in a position to love what they do. Some people don't have that. Some people have to discover that. But I think within anything that you are devoting your time to, you have to find a high level of light that can eventually become love for you to become successful at it. And, you know, uh, that's something that I give off. I'm big on information. Mm -hmm. I'm big on sharing information. And I think our generation today doesn't understand the value in sharing information. You know, everybody wants to keep it to themselves. Let me, let me keep this. I just found out a big thing and this is going to make me successful. I'm going to put it in my pocket yeah. so I can be the only one. Mm -hmm. That's the problem with the world today. If more people had information, then more people would have the chance to go and do amazing things. So if you're a person that stands on a pedestal, speak, yeah, sure. be loud, share. Other people will, will not only receive it, but they'll look at you and put you in a different ballpark. Well, in that same vein, sharing. You've been sharing your thoughts mm -hmm. uh, on the NBA postseason as well as Big basketball the fan. finals. Big basketball. So, so let's get into the sports of it all. Let's talk it. Okay, so who's winning? You know, I'm always going to be PC. Mm -hmm. That's politically correct. Uh-huh. Uh, but I'm going to be honest with you. 
because this is you and I feel like you deserve honesty. I do, be honest. I'm big on history, okay? okay. I love to see greatness. Um, I think that LeBron James is pound for pound the best player in basketball right now. Uh, I will go on record and say that and stand behind it. The fact that that man has been to the NBA Finals six times in a row is unbelievable. Uh, some of the flack that he takes is not deserved at all. Well, why but why does comes. he take that? I literally have well, to defend him. I'm, I get so tired of it sometimes. I think it comes with it comes with being great. Don't 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 ask for greatness and not receive the problems that come with it. Okay, you can't stand on the pedestal that everybody looks up to and not expect people to throw stuff at you. You're great because you know how to duck and bob and weave, you know? So within that, I think he handled it well the other day on his interview where he said, look, I've been, I've been rising above the, the BS for 13 years. I'll continue, okay? Now, with that being said, what Steph Curry has done this year in the NBA is mind-blowing. And we may not never see another basketball player come along and do what this man has done. To get a unanimous vote, to be MVP, to break the NBA season record mm -hmm. for most wins, to possibly go back to back mm -hmm. in the finals. You're looking at history. You know, I, I want to see that history. I want to be able to say that I witnessed possibly the best basketball team to ever play basketball because that's what they're putting themselves in position to do. Um, LeBron James, I don't see this being his last time getting the mm -hmm. finals. You know, you're doing it six times in a row. You got, you got something down. Eventually, you're going to put them together. Legacy if he doesn't win this? Not at all. Not at all. That man, that man is, is, is going to be around for quite some time. You know, He has his rings already. You're, you're looking at another guy building his, but you're looking at another guy who still has so much more to add to his. So I don't see it, it hurting him mm -hmm. in any way, shape, or form. I think that him forcing a game seven shows the competitive nature that he not only has, but that he fired his teammates up to have. Mm -hmm. And no man is going to do it himself. They always put the weight of the world on LeBron James's back. You know, his guys got to step up. Kyrie did a great job of stepping up last game. 40 points of 40 points. Sure. That, that's nothing to be frowned upon, yeah. you know. Now, when you look at Golden State, eventually they're going to start giving Clay the respect that he deserves in these conversations. That's the best two guard in basketball right now. But it goes, it's always understated. Nobody's nobody's barking and yelling about okay. how consistent he is. Okay, so let's talk these this hot takes, because we've been getting a lot of hot takes about the Golden State Warriors. Mm -hmm. Most recently, it was can the Showtime Lakers beat the Golden State Warriors based on what Clay Thompson said. And I felt like he took a little liberty. Might have been joking, but because his father was a, a Showtime Laker, mm -hmm. he was like, of course, Golden State would win. Mm -hmm. Who wins? Showtime Lakers, Golden State Warriors. You're looking at a different, you're looking at a different generation, man. These people that we breed in the day are different people, man. When I say different people, they're different athletes. You, these guys jumping over cars and, and, <laughs> and doing amazing stuff in the air. You got guys that's jumping above the mascot, ducking. I think he pooped on the mascot he did, head he did do in that. the dunk yeah, contest. Yeah, he did do that. And yeah. they, they didn't do that stuff back in the day. You, you know, no disrespect to those, to those men on the Lakers basketball team. You were all amazing at that time and still stand on the pedestal of being amazing today. But these men are different. So you're giving it to the Warriors. I'm giving it to them. They're shooting the ball from half court. Okay. And nobody's blowing the whistle to stop the game. What about the defense that you played with hand checking back in the day? You could really get at them back in the day. You don't, they don't play that way. They play different. I, type of I will, I will say that the physicality of the game mm -hmm. is definitely, it's definitely softened, but you're also looking at that because of the injuries uh -huh. 
that people are trying to prevent. You know, I mean, when when you got guys getting concussions left and right and, you know, guys showing up with this injury, that injury, you don't ever want to jeopardize a man's profession because you want to you want to keep the integrity of, of playing. We men. This right. is what we did back in the day. So, you know, you, you got to you got to there's a give and take. Okay. You know, you can't you can't ask for the amazing entertainment that we have today. Back in the day, they weren't crossing the ball over this this way. If if Bill Lambert had elbowed Iverson when he was in the middle of one of these, Iverson would be dead. <laughs> so we can't have that. <laughs> no way you gonna survive a crossover <laughs> and take that. You all this is exposed. You ever been elbowed in your throat doing a crossover? <laughs> That's not fair. No, it's, it's not detrimental fair. <laughs> to the game. Okay, hot take number three. Let's talk about the hairdos. Okay. Talk about Schrumper. What's going on there? Yeah, what does he have? That's a household problem. Something going on. Is it in the house? I don't know, man. I want to talk to Tiana. That's, 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 that's something going on, okay? Because she looked at him before he left out the house. And it was like, okay. Every, every, before any man leaves out the house, you come face to face with your lady, and your lady gives you a, okay. She says something to you to make you feel good about what you're doing. Like, she didn't say nothing. She she bit her tongue. When when he did this with his hair, and this went from this side to this side and laid down, she said, come here, come here, sit down. Come here and sit down. Go get that grease and put that grease in your head. Let me calm this mess out, okay? You need to put you need to put some type of foundation in this mess. I, you don't like it? I, I don't like the fact that these basketball players just stop combing their heads. Like, what? What happened? I saw the young man from Duke <laughs> on TV Ingram. today. Yeah. You on TV, boy? What you doing? Uh-huh. Fix your head. Where was his? Where was his parents at? My mother back then would have would have probably spit in her hand <laughs> and grabbed whatever I had. I I can't stand for my kids to go out there with their head looking crazy. I don't know when to stop. And maybe this is me getting old. Perhaps. Maybe this is me getting old. That's what the kids are doing. But at what point do we <laughs> like? Do they have a meeting and go, hey? Let's stop brushing our hair. No. Look, look, no more. No more brushes, man. It's about the game. Maybe maybe somebody said it's about the game. Mm-hmm. All right? Literally. Like, I remember uh, 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 DeRosa. DeRosa. Um, DeRosa, yes. Yes. We, you know, this is this is prime time. Yeah. Brother, you, Toronto Raptors ain't never been here. So, so the fact that you're here, you got every camera on you. This is... Millions of viewers yes, right now. Yes. That boy stepped out there in game five. <laughs> I think I saw a flea, a flea of gnats in the back of his head. He shot a jump shot. Just a bunch of stuff fell out the back of his head. And I'm like, hey, man, you know, somebody got to talk to these people. So if I got to be the guy, I have no problem with doing that, man. But it needs to stop. Okay? Barbers are here for a reason. Uh-huh. You shape yourself up and trim it down. Mm-hmm. And Shumpert, I'm going to pop you. <laughs> okay, I'm going to look in the camera and say that. If I see you come out there again with that mess on your head, flinging from side to side, <laughs> I'm going to pop you. You hear me? <laughs> Y'all making too much money to not be combing your heads. Uh-huh. I'm sorry I had to get a little upset. It's okay. This with that being said, in my next movie, you will see me rocking. <laughs> You're on a pedestal. You got to show the message. <laughs> and you just did. Kevin Hart, ladies and gentlemen, on Beyond Central Intelligence in theaters on Friday. Check it out. Thank yes. you so much for being here. You're the best. Thank you for having Aww, me. Aw, thank you. This is amazing. Central Intelligence. Hey, guys, I got a sneaker. It's called the Hustle Hearts. I'm oh, happy. we forgot about that. No, you didn't forget. I just did it. Just plug. Yeah, I did that, didn't I? Mm-hmm. I told you I'd take over. Mm-hmm. Okay, so... I love Kevin Hart. He's funny as hell. And he's right. Like, I'm not going to let my man leave the house with crazy hair. I'm just not. I'm like, hey, boo, 
your hair is crazy. Let me go ahead and help you out. Do you, I don't know if you know this story. When I was a kid, my mom would literally like just lick her finger and get stuff out of my eye, smuts out of my eye, on my lip or whatever. It was gross. But she was like, whatever, let me just clean you up. You know, like a, a mama bear cleaning up her, her baby. It's crazy. But that's what you got to do for your man nowadays. And yes, if I was dating Iman Chumpert, I'd be like, hey, boo, so we just going to stick with this today? We doing this curl slash Gumby slash type thing? We doing this? I, I, and when I say that, that's like we as in baby, no, we don't want to do this. Anyway, anywho, on the other side of the break, Kevin Hart got at him a little bit, said Brandon Ingram, the young man from Duke, as he refers to him, <laughs> also should comb his hair. I didn't ask Brandon Ingram about his hair, but I did ask him about Coach K and what it was like to be recruited by the great. That on the other side of the break. I was told from a birdie that you're really into fashion. Is this true? I am. Why is that? Do you want to be a fashion designer? What's your What's your take on fashion these days? Because I feel all the ballers want to be into fashion. Um, I think is I think I just have a certain style. I like slim fit. So uh, anything that's slim fit, uh, different kind type of collar or um, different type of clothing, I, I just like it. All right. So take me back to recruiting you. Coach K comes to your living room. Tell me that entire story. I always wonder if it's like one of my favorite movies. I don't know if you've ever seen it, like Blue Chip. They come to your house legally, of course, and be like, oh, my God, you're the best. I want you to hang with us. This will be this. There's a whole layout of what you're going to be like in a Duke uniform. Tell me when he comes and sits on your living room. Or no, he didn't come to your living room. He definitely did. Um, he had a meeting. Uh, he brought his whole coaching staff down. And um, he just laid it out. Um, he just told me the potential lineup for next year, um, who could be leaving, who could be staying. And, of course, uh, from that standpoint, I didn't care who was leaving or who was staying. I thought I could play with those guys or without those guys. But uh, most of all, he just told me it was no guarantees, and uh, that really stood out to me when he told me it was no guarantees. And you normally hear coaches, different co- coaches coming in for a top five player in their class. They tell them they're going to start, they're going to be their best player. But he didn't tell me that. Uh, that really stood out, and um, it made me, it made me, it gave me motivation to be the best player I could be. I appreciate that honesty. So, so he's in your living room with the coaching staff. How many people is that? Uh, it's Coach K, uh, Jeff Capel, Nate James, and John Shire. So they're sitting in your living room, and the, and and Coach K is saying there's no no promises, but he brought the whole staff. You didn't feel like some type of way. You didn't feel like popping your collar. <laughs> Uh, most definitely, I felt like I was a priority. But, um, <laughs> I think uh, by that time, a lot of different colleges was treat, ball were all treating me like priorities. So, uh, but it was different. It was different to hear him say that. So, does your mom and your dad? What do they? What kind of food do they have out? Like, you know, these people are coming. Are there snacks? You got Subway there. You, your mom cook. What does she do? Um, actually, that time uh, they have they have cooked before, but actually, that time it was just a short meeting and um. Uh, that was really when it got down to crunch time when uh, I was really about to make my decision. So you were in and out. You didn't have to give them any food or anything. Uh, no, I didn't. That's cool because I would be worried about who I'd have to cook for, what kind of snacks. What'd you wear? What'd you wear when it came to the house? Um, I think I was, I was in a button. I was some jeans and uh, a pair of tennis shoes. 
so the reason why I'm asking you all this is because I like to envision what it's like to to go through the entire process. Here we are a year later, and you're about to be the projected number two overall pick in the 2016 draft. What does that feel like for you? Um, actually, it hasn't hit me yet. Uh, I'm sure it hit me on draft night, but uh, I just sit back and uh, I have a roommate, Jamal Murray, and he he just he tells me all the time, like, "Bro, we're about to be in the NBA," and I'm like, "Wow." This is really true, and um, it's just something I've been dreaming of for a long, long time, and I didn't know it would happen this fast, but I'm just working extra hard so, so I can be as ready as I can when I step into that league. You said today Coach K's best advice was that you become, you don't arrive. I think that is more some of the most solid advice I've ever heard, which means keep working, keep trying to be better, keep trying to be great. What greats in the league uh, that do you look up to? Uh, in the league right now, of course, uh, I look at Kevin Durant, of course. I look at Russell Westbrook, his motor and his drive in each and every game. Uh, LeBron James, um, his body build and how he attacks each and every game in different ways. And uh, just different guys have how they have their work ethic and they follow the same routine every single day. You've picked some great standout players. You talk about Russell Westbrook and his motor. That guy's a beast, is he not? Like, it's 100% all the way for every point. Most definitely. He's he's ultimate beast. I, I love watching him play. Uh, he's a guy that's relentless. He, he goes out there everything. And that's definitely a guy that Coach K would have on his team at all times. And, um, of course, he goes out there every loose ball. He, he fights till he hears the whistle. Even after the whistle, sometimes he keeps going. Uh, I just love everything about him. So you come to L.A., you work out with the Lakers. Your first thoughts? Oh, it was a great workout. Uh, of course, it was long, tiring, but because I was the only one there. But it was just overall a great workout, and um, I loved everything about it, of course. Um, it was run by um, a couple of coaches, and a couple of coaches stepped in and helped me work out. But uh, overall, it's a great city, and it was a great workout. Do you know what it means when you become a Laker? Do you know what teams you automatically have to hate? No, I don't. You don't? I'm guessing one of them is the Celtics. Exactly. So what you going to do with your roommate? He's projected number three. He's supposed to be a Celtic. What you going to do? Y'all can't talk no more. You know that, right? Of course, on the court, it's going to be competitive. But uh, outside of that, he's always going to be my dude. So you and Jamal still going to be buddies if he goes to the Celtics? Of course. Okay, so I don't want no bromance. Cause you, <laughs> you know what that means, right? What? Yeah, I can't be that cool because I need you to go back. If you become a Laker, I need you to bring back that we can't be friends until I beat you thoroughly type of attitude. That's why Magic stopped kicking it with Isaiah. You know that, right? I didn't know that, but I'll I'll keep that in mind. I, I just want to give you some, some nuggets so you can own the city. You know what I'm saying? Like, you can't be running around with Jamal and his Celtics jersey and you and your Lakers jersey. You no, can't do that. I'm not going to do that. I'm definitely not going to do that. Okay, I think you have what it takes. I think that I will talk to the nation, that's Laker Nation, and have them welcome you. So what's the first thing you're going to do when you get to L.A.? You're going to buy a new car? You're going to get a, a house in the hills? You're going to chill? What you going to do? Um, <laughs> It's crazy you said the first thing I'll do when I get to L.A. like you already know. I, well, <laughs> And I almost answered that one. <laughs> what? Oh, 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 we're, okay, let's pretend. If you get drafted by the Lakers, what would be one of the first things you would do? Would you would you get a house in the hills? You live by the beach? You get a new ride? What would you do? Uh, of course, I have no idea. I, I I don't do anything for my family before I do anything for myself. Oh, I love it. 
tug on my heart right there. Okay, so after you do for your family, what you going to do for yourself? Uh, I may get myself an apartment, uh, somewhere to live, and I may uh, eventually get a car out there. Eventually. Yeah, okay. I love who's ever coached you to keep it humble. I, I see you in a drop top something or other. <laughs> now, what, you suicide doors? What are we doing? Uh, <laughs> what are we doing? I like a range. Oh, I like a range too. Black on black? Maybe. Yeah. Okay. Are you going to do that? What is that? What is that? That color, that black color that they do now, everybody like? That met- with that rust metallic? What is that? Uh, Matty black. Yes. You got, so you already picked it out. Right? Yeah. Listen, I only reason why I'm asking is because I don't have a car. and But I work right across the street from you. So if, in fact, you do come to Lakers, you can give me a ride every now and again. <laughs> I will. Brandon, no? I will. Brandon, I don't think you... You're not taking this seriously, Brandon. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think that you're going to give me a ride. Is this, So no. So no? Occasionally. Okay. <laughs> All right, so now that we got the apartment, if you come to L.A., now that we got the ride, if you come to L.A., I need to know what our first home game outfit going to look like. We getting it tailored? We we buying it? What we doing? We going to Europe to get it shipped? What we doing? Um, We're going classy. Of course, uh, I think um, I'll be uh, in a suit, probably, uh, a slim fit suit. All right, so you ready for your first conversation with Kobe? You know what he's going to tell you, right? What is he going to tell me? I don't know. I'm asking you because nah, you know nah. he's going to call you if you, you're a Laker. You're going to call from Kobe. You're going to get the magic call. You ready for all that? I am. Don't call him sir because you're going to make him sound real old. <laughs> he hates that. He told me to tell the kids. He He's not that old, is he? No, nah, he's not. Okay, so last but not least, you said KD was your favorite player. If, and this is all hypotheticals, this is not going to be like you know for a fact. If you could put the dream team together. Would would Katie come to LA and play with you? Uh, Is there room for you two? And to some extent, I would say the battles in practice would make me a better, a better player. But, um, I think I'm a guy that wants to go at him, uh, night in and night out. So I think, I don't, I don't think I would put me, put him on my team, uh, because I want to go against him at all times. I like this. I like this warrior mentality. I like this battle that you have in you, this fire that you have in you. Um, I'm going to still try to get this ride if, in fact, because sometimes my car breaks down. So I'm going to still be like, hey, Brandon, remember when? You'd be like, no, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I got it. I got it on tape. But so I'm going to be honest. Um, Brandon Ingram projected to be the number two overall pick, uh, perhaps with the Los Angeles Lakers. We shall see. I will update this once you have been drafted. But in the meantime, in between time, uh, you don't you become you don't arrive. Is that the advice? Tell me it again. What Coach K said. You're always becoming. You never arrive. I love it. I'm taking it with me. You know that, right? That's the name of this podcast. Brandon, thank you so much for joining us on Be Honest. Thank you. So there you have it. Brandon Ingram, not trying to say he coming to L.A. You never know what's going to happen. I'm still under the belief that Ben Simmons is trying to pull a, a switcheroo. He didn't work out for the 76ers. He did try to pull this thing about he's going to wait to find out the draft lottery before he determines whether or not he's going to sh- sign a shoe deal. I don't know. I don't know. I'm just saying some fishy business there. He could be a Laker because I know he wants to play with his boy D'Angelo Russell and run around the town. Brandon, low-key about it. Not really saying much. We shall see. Meantime, in between time, go check out Central Intelligence with Kevin Hart and The Rock, Dwayne Johnson. Uh, I really, I truly am proud of Kevin Hart. He works so 
hard. It is so easy to stay complacent and comfortable once you've quote unquote made it. But that fire that's in your belly, that fire that I have, that fire that I know you have who are listening to this podcast, it keeps you humble and keeps you hungry and makes you realize that excellence is always the key. Consistent excellence, sustaining excellence. That's always the key. I always want to be great, dog. That's why I get mad when Delina be running around here coming in on the half stuff. Adam too. Josh too. I be telling them. They be telling me. I love y'all though. Delina podcast producer. Adam podcast producer. Josh black podcast producer who's not black, but I love you, dog. Thanks for listening to this edition of Be Honest. See you next week. Thanks for listening to Be Honest with Carrie Champion. For more great podcasts, check out ESPN.com slash podcenter.